Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. I'm Dr. Steve Call. And I'm Lisa Call. And we are dedicated to having conversations that cultivate connection in our marriage. Thank you for joining us. Our podcast today uh, between Lisa and I uh, is around the topic and area of disappointment. Uh, Such a common theme and experience in our relational dynamic in our marriage, uh, not just ours, uh, but I think for most of us and most of you listening, uh, it's a common experience uh, to have and to experience disappointment uh, in in something, in an event, in an experience. Uh, and, and our hope in this conversation is that we, you know, will continue to share a few stories of our own of where and how disappointment shows up, but also um, offer some hopeful, I think, maybe insights and in the way that we can respond to one another when our spouse or partner is disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if it's more difficult to be the one that's disappointed or the one that is disappointing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be just as hard to be the one that's disappointing and have nothing you know, feel like you have no options, nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've I I've been aware that I've wanted to have this conversation uh, over a podcast uh, probably the last maybe month or two months. Have just uh, uh, in my clinical work with couples, it has been a, a common and consistent theme, and maybe more so, you know, because of what certain couples are experiencing. But I just think it's a it's a familiar, common experience in our marriage that we, uh, maybe it's so familiar that uh, we, ha- we aren't even aware of it, but maybe familiar enough where we are aware of it and we're not sure how, maybe how to navigate it. And mm-hmm. so like you said, Lisa, uh, w- what's more difficult, the one that's disappointed or the one that, uh, is, dis- that, that is disappointed in? So uh, I think part of, part of our hope in this is that to to first of all, really validate and normalize the common experience of feeling and being disappointed Mm -hmm. that it, it's sometimes though, I think relationally, uh, for some reason, uh, at times it, it seems like disappointment is, is something to avoid or that it implies that something is significantly wrong in our marriage, uh, that it's not okay to feel disappointed or it's not okay for our spouse or partner to be disappointed. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's another one of those really subtle feelings that um, it's sometimes hard to have language mm-hmm. for. And and again, when we do have language for it, it's a way to communicate and a way to become more aware of what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I think it can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think part of it too is is being able to, to, to simply at this point in our conversation to, to acknowledge the reality of feeling and being disappointed that, that again, that sometimes we can see and experience something along the lines of disappointment is to be avoided or we ought to hide it or we ought to somehow, uh, not allow it to be, you know, a relational dynamic between us. Yeah. I mean, it's like, no matter how hard you try, it's going to happen. It is going I to happen. I think, you know, you're newly married and you're just trying to do everything right. And, or maybe, you know, you've been married for some time, but you still 
are trying to do everything right so the other isn't disappointed and you just work so hard and when it happens it's it's almost like failure like oh no this happened and and really I, you know a lot of times we can't control it it's just a matter of preference or it's a matter of scheduling or you know there's so many factors that factor into it that it just often it just happens and that, and so now it's it's more about how are we going to deal with it how are we going to make a repair in the midst mm-hmm. yeah so maybe we could share just a, a recent story from this last week uh, oh i don't know do we have any recent <laughs> stories of disappointment uh, I, I almost want to oh play, this morning i almost want to playfully <laughs> say they're they're daily uh, if not more than once a day uh for sure for sure and and again i hope you hear uh, those of you listening hear, hear this as uh, in a way a blessing of disappointment the the blessing not just of the frequency it's more of of course there's going to be disappointment and disappointment does not have to imply that there's something wrong uh, in our in our marriage or in our relationship it's how we navigate disappointment just like any other feeling state it's how we navigate the experience rather than try to avoid it so as we've talked in other episodes so helpful and important to pay attention to you our own story in the ways in which we navigate within our marriage. So what we mean by that is how is disappointment modeled for you in your own family? Mm -hmm. What would happen when a caregiver, parent, attachment figure uh, might be disappointed in you? Uh, Maybe you, 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 maybe they, you came home late. Uh, Maybe you forgot to put the lid on the ketchup. Maybe uh, you you wore the wrong thing to school. Maybe you got a B instead of an A or you got a C instead of a B. It, It, all those are are simple, complex examples of how was disappointment modeled. I think for many of us, when we experienced disappointment in our story in our family, there was at times maybe an experience of loss of connection, loss of relationship. That sometimes disappointment can feel and be so personal that it can imply that we are losing relationship we are losing connection Mm -hmm. or at least a perceived perceived yeah you know feeling of losing relationship Mm -hmm. and i I like the word navigate because i think for me growing up conflict and disappointment and all you know all those negative areas was something to be avoided and so for many years in our marriage i i would just freeze up you know when i would feel disappointed yeah, in, mm-hmm. in any area, or when I feel disappointed, I mean, I think just any area of conflict, a potential conflict, I think I would freeze up. And what I like about the word navigate is it kind of means to move through it, it mm-hmm. kind of move forward in it. And I feel like, you know, in the past couple of years, I am more empowered to move into it rather than jump back and avoid it or, you know, mm-hmm. avert my eyes so that I, I'm, you know, trying to avoid it or something. Mm-hmm. So I think navigating is a really good word because it's like a, it's like a, you know, landmine you're, you're, we're walking in dangerous territory, but we're going to move forward. Mm -hmm. We're going to move through it. We're going to move through it. Yeah. It's good. Well, a a story that sometimes Lisa, you will refer to and come back to, uh, in your own story that we've maybe shared in a few workshops is the story of what happened uh, for you when when your mom was disappointed uh, that you were still at Pizza Haven. Uh, do you remember that? It was Pizza Hut. <laughs> Pizza Hut. Sorry. <laughs> I think I was eighth grade. Eighth grade, yeah. Probably right before driving. It's such a vivid story, though. Like her, maybe you could share a little bit of that story in the way in which her disappointment was expressed. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember 
sitting there having a great time after the football game and knowing that my mom was going to pick me up, be picking me up at a certain time. And of course I lost track of time, having a great time. And then I just kind of saw the top of her head coming by the kind of behind the booths. And here she comes walking in and at midnight or something crazy that I'm sure she didn't want to be in there. And I didn't have to see that twice. I was up and out of there and, um, what did, what would just, you say? I felt horrified, yeah. you know? Yeah. What, what would you say her disappointed stature way of being with you in that moment? Uh, what did it communicate to you about you? Um, I, or what I just, did it imply about you? Yeah. That I, I've done something dreadfully wrong. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't do the right thing. Mm-hmm. I, we did the silent treatment in our house. So just, I knew there was going to be silence and I feared that I did not like that. That was my loss of relationship in that moment. So mm-hmm. I might've wanted to tell her about, Oh, how much fun we had. And I knew it was going to be a silent drive home. <laughs> so it was just, it was devastating at that age. Yeah. I think it's devastating at any age, but that is a, I think just a very vivid, but significant picture experience of what happens for us when our, our significant other attachment figure, parent, whomever it might be is disappointed in us. We fear a loss of connection. We fear losing relationship. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's true, uh, in marriage and, and how our, again, how our own story tends to impact the way we navigate disappointment in our own marriage. I know for me, uh, and for many of you listening, you know, our, our part of our, our culture and our own family and story was about achievement. Um, I had never played tennis and, uh, I, I was, I think number two doubles JV my first year. And, and, and I remember often, uh, how I, I, I was so committed to being on varsity the next year because of what my dad would think about me. And when I, when I was a junior in high school and I was number three singles varsity and not number one, I just, I still remember my dad's face. And it was this, it was this face of disappointment. Like something's wrong with you. I, I don't think that's what he meant but I think that's somehow how we internalize the face of the other. When the when our, the face of our spouse expresses disappointment, it, it can feel very personal. It can feel like there's something wrong with me. And I think often what happens in that is that's where disappointment can invite shame. When our spouse is disappointed, it can it can invite shame in us. And again, shame as something's wrong with me. The core theme of shame is judgment. Mm-hmm. And you're bringing up our stories because those stories sometimes are um, something that's formed us just in the way that we might respond. So you, so diff- everybody's going to have a different sort mm-hmm. of set of stories about what was important in their family or how mm-hmm. they felt like they were, you know, they disappointed their parents or how their parents looked. So they're going to carry that into their relational right. marital relationship, and that's going to be triggered or mimicked or. Yeah, I think that's so important. What you've just highlighted is that we all have different stories in that way. But the invitation to be aware of what was your story as a listener? uh, What is a story around disappointment? How might you uh, be aware of the way in which disappointment was expressed or not within your own family? And that how that might at times carry into or shape the way that we might interact in our marriage. Mm-hmm. I think the the other thing I want to highlight with disappointment, uh, yes, common, yes, influenced by story, uh, but also 
that it it is based in fear. I think is is as we've just highlighted the fear of loss, loss of relationship, loss of connection, and we we want to be intentional again in this conversation about highlighting that disappointment does not have to imply loss of relationship, mm-hmm. um, but it it's tempting and or it's often uh, a common experience that when our spouse is disappointed, we we go to a place of uh oh. Something's wrong. Something's mm-hmm. wrong with me. So, how do we navigate disappointment? I also want to mention too. Like, I mean, everybody's story is different. So, some people listening might have come from a family where, if they disappointed their parents, they might have gotten hurt. You know, it could have been you got hit. You know, and so there could be a lot more intensity connected, sure. and and they're going to bring that potentially into that marital marital relationship. So, you, you may be wondering. Why do I have such a big response? Why yeah. do I and and so that might be part of it. So I think it's really helpful to realize, yeah, we just have these, you know, kind of benign normalized kind of responses, but some people, many people grew up in homes where it wasn't it wasn't even, you know, you you weren't even allowed to do the wrong thing without having some major consequence. So that fear and that shame and all those things can be triggered in the midst of just an everyday situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you've highlighted is helpful because it's sometimes, you know, there's uh, in a, a sense of harm, yes, relational harm, physical harm that might have occurred uh, in our family when there was disappointment. And, and another form of harm uh, is simply withdraw. Uh, when the other, our caregiver attachment figure parent withdraws relationally. Uh, when there's a form maybe of neglect, uh, mm-hmm. a, a sense of abandonment even. That's mm-hmm. a strong word, but that's what our body reacts to sometimes. That mm-hmm. That's what happens. And I know for us, uh, that, that's that been, a, a I think, a significant shift in our marriage over time is the awareness of how when I withdraw in disapp- with my disappointment, mm-hmm. how unbearable that is for you. Mm-hmm. And when you withdraw, uh, when... You know, there's a withdrawal in, in moments like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's unbearable for me uh, when I think that's a, a significant part of how we navigate disappointment is to be mindful of how do we respond to disappointment. When Lisa is disappointed in me, I think there's a, you know, a common uh, maybe withdraw, disengagement. Uh, maybe, I, I, maybe I go away emotionally. I go away physically because... Uh, unfortunately, at times, your disappointment implies, again, that there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's different, you know, when you're a child and and your parents might be, be disappointed and you, you don't have a lot of control over that. But I think when you get married and you have a spouse and there's that potential for healing in that relationship and you you want to please that person, you want, you don't want to disappoint them. And so when it happens, it almost feels, you know, it's even greater of the impact because you feel like you can do something about it or, Oh, I shouldn't have whatever I did or why did I, you know, there's all this questioning going on because this is a potential healing relationship and now I've messed it up somehow or, or whatever. There's all that, those other factors as well mm-hmm. that might be playing a part. Mm-hmm. So, so how do we as a couple navigate disappointment? Like we highlighted that word earlier, but navigating disappointment uh, in a way that, uh, allows us to move toward one another, literally, uh, rather than away from one another. Uh, when and and those of you listening, pay attention. Uh, our invitation is to pay attention 
So what happens for you when you're aware that your spouse partner is disappointed? How do you tend to respond? Uh, do you tend to withdraw? Do you tend to disengage? Uh, and or what keeps you from moving toward him or her, relationally, emotionally, even physically? Uh, what's the caution? What's the carefulness? What's the ambivalence? I think sometimes our ambivalence caution is connected to fear, our fear that, that our, our movement toward our spouse uh, might be refused or dismissed or minimized or mocked. Uh, and so therefore we don't even attempt uh, to move toward. We don't n- even attempt to repair or reconnect in ways uh, that might help us because we're afraid, fearful, cautious because they might not respond to the way in which we're moving toward them. So mm-hmm. let's talk about our example. Uh, and again, we have multiple examples, but I, I think this one maybe is a, is a helpful example uh, of what happened. I think it was just a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we were, were, some of you know that we're in the midst of a, a planning for a wedding and preparations uh, here at, at, at on our on site. And, uh, it's, I think for the most part, it's been really fun, really mm-hmm. fun to prepare and projects. And uh, we had made a plan uh, late afternoon on Sunday to go to a, a local hardware store to pick up some things. Do you remember this? I do. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to tell the rest of the and, story? Yeah. Which, like, here's the, here's the, the takeaway. Don't make a specific plan <laughs> on a specific hour um, because... Yeah, I didn't quite make the timing right. What do you mean don't make a plan? (laughs) Well, make the plan, but don't say what time you're going to be ready. What do you mean don't say? Okay, so I was on a Zoom call. That's actually helpful to say. I was on a Zoom call with some friends, and and I knew that it was going to go half an hour longer than normal, but I, for some reason, I don't know, I just felt bad about that, so I thought maybe I'll bow out early. So I asked Steve, or I told him I'd be ready to go at at a certain time. Mm -hmm. I told you. Um, and it got to be that time and I could, I kind of looked at my watch and I realized we were going to go a little bit long. And I think Steve came in the kitchen for like a drink or something. And I kind of heard him moving around. Did I make some excess noise? I think he made extra noise. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, oh no. And so I kind of texted him, say, it's going to be a little bit longer. And, and then of course, by the time we finally got done, it took even longer than that. I got out to the barn and and he was engaged in something else. And I think you even made the comment, wait, was that the time mm-hmm. that you made the comment? Like, yeah, well, I thought we could go out to dinner after or on the way or something like that. I think I said I was planning to take you out. I was planning to take you out, but oh, well, you missed it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, double whammy. Now it's like, not only we're going to go to Lowe's, but I was going to get some Thai food. <laughs> and... And then okay, you were just kind of like, yeah, but now I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. So so here's what we want to highlight is, do, do you hear where disappointment was at play? Uh, those of you listening, disappointment, how we react and respond to it can look differently. I, I think I, when I walked in and passed you while you were on the Zoom call, I reacted to my disappointment with, um, I didn't say anything, but I acted in a way that expressed I was bothered. Uh, I was trying to get Lisa's attention. It wasn't helpful. Uh, I also didn't want to. I didn't want to say, "Hey, are you done yet? Are, are we going?" And 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 I think this is again a common experience in our marriage is is there's somehow an internal judgment of I should be fine with this. I, it's okay. It's a half hour later than what we thought. What's wrong with me that I'm bothered? What's wrong with me that I'm disappointed? 
Uh, how, how come I can't be okay with it? I think for many of us, that's a, that, that is a common response when we feel disappointed. And then, you know, another response is, is literally to make the other pay when we feel disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I wasn't kind to you uh, when you came out and you approached me. I wasn't kind. That wasn't a kind thing to say. Forget were it. Were we really going to go out to dinner? We were. throw that out for emphasis? No, we were. I, I had a plan that we were going to go. And fine, uh, you missed your chance, yeah. essentially is what I was saying. Yeah. And that, that's a, another a form of how we cope with disappointment is we try to minimize it. Mm-hmm. We try to say it's no big deal. It didn't matter, but it did. And and I think you were aware of that. You oh, were, I'm pretty sure I came in knowing. Okay, I gotta get I gotta get my line going here. Okay, you know I'm really sorry. It went long. I should have mentioned it, but it was it, at that point. It, it it just doesn't. It's it's not helpful to. Well, I think explain. what was what was the most helpful part of what you did, and what we I think have navigated more consistently in our marriage over the last couple of years is you move toward. I think when we move toward the other without a, a defensive response or what's the big deal or what's wrong with you, it's more of like, shoot, uh, hey, sorry that went long. I knew that was important to you. Uh, how, how about we, you know, let's Right, because I think maybe again. in the past I wouldn't have even done that. No. <laughs> I would have been so embarrassed or, or you would. I think felt you would have also shame, been like, upset with me and being disappointed. Like, right. Like that's like, where why we can't you get just wait stuck. another half hour and sure, then you kind of sure. go into that whole defensiveness. And yeah. I, and I do think that's where we get stuck as couples is somehow we have judgment toward the other's disappointment. Like really? It's no big deal. We almost want to mock it or even hold contempt toward the other's disappointment. And and that's a form of minimizing and it can communicate to the other you ought not to feel what you feel. Mm-hmm. And that's where we we can become stuck in our marriage at times is when we don't we want to feel it. Right, we don't want to feel yeah. I don't. I don't want to feel your disappointment when you're disappointed in me. And so I'm going to minimize it and say it was only yes, half an hour. Yes, What's uh, the big deal? Right. We can still go. Right. Which yeah. which can imply to me or the other that you ought not to feel what you feel, right. and that's where I think we get stuck. So, how do we bless disappointment? How do we be kind to disappointment? We do it with two words. Of course. Of course, you're upset. Of course, you were disappointed. Shoot. I'm sorry. I would, I would, I would still love to go to the store, or I'd still would love to go to dinner. I think that's all it takes in marriage at times is moments like that. Mm-hmm. We've used those two words before in a previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. I think those two words, of course, we only say it if we mean it, but of and of course, absolutely validates the other's disappointment. Absolutely mm-hmm. validates what the other feels, mm-hmm. and that's how we help each other recover from disappointment. Mm-hmm. Is we can offer the of course, mm-hmm. and so that might have softened it. Right there. Sure. But I think sometimes also it doesn't, it's a magic word, but it's not completely, you know, it takes time for someone to recover a little bit. So that's the other thing I feel like I'm learning is that just because I say that doesn't mean you're going to go, oh, okay, let's do it then. You know, so then I kind of went back in the house and, and I just thought about it for a while and I thought, no, I think, I, I think we at least need to go out to dinner. (laughs) I think we (laughs) should do something. Um, we had been really busy. We hadn't had time together. And so then I came back out and said, I, you know, I think we should at least go out to dinner. And so then there was a, a more softer. So it could have been because I had pursued before. Yeah, I think But it's a process. It is Again, a process. it's not like, oh, here's the magic word. Now the, now the other person's going to be all happy and we're going to just go ahead and. Yeah, I think it is a process because there's what you just named is there's, it's a, it's a developmental process. There's a pursuit of the other. 
rather than a, a waiting it out. There's a pursuit. Oh shoot! Yeah, I could say that was hard for you. Of course, that was. Uh, I, I know. I know. For me, when you're disappointed, again, my tendency is to withdraw and not engage. I think that's a common relational response. Because when you feel disappointed, it implies again there's something wrong with me, and so it's very difficult. So you kind of get, um, all, like, concerned with your own shame. Is sure. that kind of what happens? Yeah, I think that's what happens for most of us when we feel disappointed, uh, or when the other's disappointed in us, we feel shame. Uh, and so it's hard to reach out. When it's you're hard to reach shame. out. Yeah, it's hard to move toward. Uh, I think that's where, for so so many of our feeling states, it it, it invites shame. And so we're, we're as, as for us in our marriage, but also for those of you listening to be again, aware of what happens when you feel disappointed. What, what's, what's the internal script? What's the internal belief? What do you say to yourself about disappointment uh, when our spouse is disappointed mm -hmm. in us? So if we're normalizing disappointment and we're, and we're becoming more aware that it might produce shame, it's, it's sort of like we can, we can walk through it and go, oh yeah, I'm feeling shame, but. I don't have to let that stop me. Mm -hmm. I can move forward. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, again, it's the awareness. Yeah. Which I, I, I love that we keep highlighting is that this really, the work really is about awareness mm -hmm. uh, in our marriage is becoming more aware of what's happening between us. And, and when we become aware of what's happening, I think then we're able to work and shift the dynamics that are needed. So our invitation for those of you listening is, is, uh, a couple of things again. One is, well, how was the story experience of disappointment modeled for you? What tended to happen when uh, the other was disappointed in you? What would happen maybe relationally as a common theme? Uh, and maybe you use a story with one another to, to share uh, that maybe you haven't named or spoken before. And then the second part is, what do you need from your spouse or partner uh, when when you feel disappointed? When something occurs or something didn't occur, maybe you had a hope, desire, need, and you felt disappointed, what do you need from your spouse uh, in moments uh, when you experience disappointment? And I think what we've named is, I think for most of us, we, I think we need movement. We need uh, movement toward, that there's an attempt to understand, uh, because as we've shared, in moments that we are aware of disappointment, we tend to withdraw. And and our hope in this conversation is that there would be a movement toward one another when you're aware of disappointment being felt or experienced. The Reconnect Marriage Podcast is hosted by the Reconnect Institute. For more information, you can find us on the web at thereconnectinstitute.com. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at Reconnect Marriage. <laughs>